0: The Goats Came Hungry, which is different than The Men Who Stare at Goats, which is really a weird movie if you've ever seen it. It starts off or one of the early scenes is this guy actually trying to run through a wall and, and, and failing at, at any rate. At, so there's this problem, like speaking of weird stuff, we've had this summer of crazy weather, and even though science suggests an unsettling reality, the outcome, the boots on the ground, and this is where it really affects me because I have family members who are firefighters, the boots on the ground kind of demands a solution, right? Fire, right? Uncontrolled fire especially wildfires a blaze in the wild can become strong enough to create its own weather system it's very intriguing and sometimes a wildfire is allowed to burn okay it's a natural progression regeneration all of those things new life comes out of death very biblical concepts by the way and other times, the danger to life and property demands a solution. I took a firefighter class once, okay? This was when I was just starting out, and um, um, I thought, hey, I can, be, I can be of value to whatever community I land in, and so I took firefighter one, I took it through, I think, Hennepin Technical, at, at any rate, so there was this, our instructor, he was a, uh, he was a fire chief at a paid on-call department in the metro area, and... Um, my brother, who was a full time firefighter at St. Louis Park, had red engines. This particular paid on call department had yellow engines, okay? And my brother would often say, they should leave them out in the sun and let them ripen up a little bit. At any rate, okay, so this guy was like famous for saying, oh, here's what we do we put the wet stuff on the red stuff. Now, the first time you hear it, it's kind of funny. The hundredth time you hear it, you're like, oh, please, figure out a new line. Fire, okay, so fire, the fire triangle, right? We know what this is, right? You have three components to a fire. You have heat, you have oxygen, and you have fuel, okay? And some would argue there's a fourth, there's a chemical combustible reaction, okay? But, but basically, those three things, if you have heat, if you have fuel, if you have oxygen, you can have self-sustaining combustion, take one of those three away really tough to have a fire that's why starting a fire with wet wood is very difficult because well you've done a couple things right or putting water on a fire okay what does it do it reduces the temperature of the fire right which makes combustion cease okay or say you're in a controlled environment and you uh, introduce an inert gas that sucks all the oxygen out of the room boom, no fire, or if you take out the fuel, dried trees, leaves, grasses, these kinds of things in the wild, you take away the ability to have fire. That's where Lonnie Malberg enters the equation. 64 years old, she did her graduate work, okay, and I kid you not, she has a master's in weed science from Colorado State University. Not that kind of weed, okay? Not that kind of weed, okay? Not that kind of weed. At any rate, and, and she has this uh, work in the area of fire mitigation and discovered an elegantly simple solution to remove fuel from the fire triangle. Text for the day, page 1004, 1004, starting with verse 11, page 7, to you out there in Wisconsin land. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it people received the law, what fear their need would, have there, would there have been for another high priest to arrive after the order of Melchizedek rather than the one named after the order of Aaron? Now, keep in mind what we're trying to create. The author of Hebrews is developing this, this book-long sermon pointing to the supremacy and reality of Jesus Christ. And the author is creating that argument based on Jesus' street cred and how he relates to historical figures. This aspect of the argument is really easy to say, okay? Today, it starts off with the startling reality that perfection is really, really, really hard to attain. Most of us would go, duh. And the example given is the priesthood of ancient Israel, the Levites. And the author is saying, if the holy of the people of God couldn't get to perfection, uh, Houston, we have a problem, which actually isn't the right quote. The right quote is, okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. The specific instance in this case is revealing the need for Christ to be a perfect high priest without sin. But the larger reality is this, right? Of the things people need convincing about, this one has very little opposition. We live in an imperfect world. And if you can have that clarity and that understanding, it makes the rest of the argument a lot easier to understand. I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and and I'm trying to engage this friend and and trying to move my friend closer to faith, okay? Which is important in my life. I would argue it would be important for his life. I would argue it's important for anyone's life. And one of his objections to faith is all of the bad stuff that happens in the world, and not just the world, locally, okay? And my friend's a firefighter, right? And he's pulled bodies out of a fire. He's pulled small children's bodies out of a fire. And he's like, how with this is this? And I'm like, yeah. And he questions, why would God allow this, permit this, even sanction this? And it's a strong point. It's a strong point. One that should not be easily dismissed. And while we don't have the time or the space for a complete theodicy today, and a theodicy is just a fancy theological word for defending God in the face of evil, I think the writer of Hebrews would have no problem admitting the imperfection of the world. It's a nice way of saying a lot of bad stuff happens. And while we might find all sorts of interesting questions about why, why did this happen, who's to blame, The writer of Hebrews is much more concerned with outcome. The writer of Hebrews would see the situation as proof of the need for a savior. The proof of the need for someone to come and ultimately make it right. And I think most people can get on board with that. When we see something wrong, isn't there something powerful inside us that wants the wrong to be made right? So for the sake of the few moments that we have together, let's put the question of why on hold and agree the world is far from perfect and needs someone or something or some way to make it right. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood under the people receiving the law, what need would there have been for another high priest, another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek? rather than the one named after the order of Aaron. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is a necessary change in the law as well. Given that perfection under the Levites wasn't happening, bring in the lefty. I think Jesus Christ was a lefty. Some might argue and say, no, Jesus was ambidextrous, okay. We know from a certain movie, um, Jesus can't help with a curveball, but I think he could probably throw a mean curveball, Right? Obviously, I'm having a little fun, right? I'm carrying the illustration too far. Everyone knows that, that you don't necessarily want to use your relief pitcher because that would suggest something has happened wrong with your main pitcher. And even more than that, the Bible articulates in other places that Jesus was chosen to be the relief pitcher from the start of it all. First Peter tells us that. Which invites a question for me, why wasn't he chosen to be the starter? I mean, if, if you're going to go to him, why not just start with him, you know? If you're going to go to your strongest guy, why not just start with your strong? And I don't have a good answer, I'll be honest. It seems that the God of the universe, the God most high from last week, God c- competing with God, other gods from various worldviews or the world of mythology, it seems like this God is unique. Unique in wanting a personal relationship with God's creation. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are keen on relationships. It's how they are organized. It's how they function, what they want to share. And the only way you have a lot of relationships is if you have a lot of people. And the only way you have a lot of people is with time. And even in the darkest times, there has always been a band faithful to the invitation of God to be in relationship. And so from the beginning of time, God says, we're going to have a period of time where we're going to make a lot of people. And some of those people will choose to be in relationship with me and some will reject but irrespective of the choice to accept or reject, we still need an ultimate solution. Hence, we're bringing in the lefty. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law. The old law, characterized by a number of different things, but most important, perhaps, was that the Levitical, the priest out of Aaron's progeny, was the grease, the middle management, the go-between, the person who stood in the gap between a holy God and the people. And to be sure, there's some things in the old law that are kept. Ten commandments, they're still in play. The greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbors yourself, still in play. Some things are out, okay? So there's no prohibition against your favorite lobster roll. Or pork ribs, or bacon, okay? We can now do bacon. But the biggest thing with the new law, biggest might be too strong, so you can disagree with me if you want, but certainly a big thing with the new law is how we handle this issue of forgiveness, how we make something right when something is wrong in our personal lives. And in the old law, you dealt with forgiveness by sacrificing an animal. You took an animal to the high priest. The high priest would shed the innocent blood of the animal, and that blood, in God's economy of things, was the agent of forgiveness. And now, under the new law, because of the new priest, Jesus Christ, because of the eternal priest after the order of Melchizedek, forgiveness is available when you ask. Rarely does a week go by when we won't pray for the needs of Timberwood Church as a staff. Rarely does a week go by when I won't receive a text message. I got one from, this, from a friend of mine this last week. John, my sister just went in. They've discovered something, and we need prayer. And I texted back a prayer. Rare is there a week where we don't have okay, a prayer request coming in saying, pray for this specific person because there's a specific need, Okay. And some people look at the role that I occupy and say, if you pray, it'll make a bigger difference to God. And I would say, if we pray, it'll make a big difference to God. But there's nothing inherently special about my prayers over your prayers. There's nothing special about me being heard over you being heard. Because under the new law we all get to come to a holy God without anyone in between us. We have direct access to the creator of the universe when we open our voice, we turn our thoughts, when we direct our attention to God. We have access directly to God instead of going to a middleman which is especially helpful to the ladies, because when has a guy ever gotten something right? <laughs> another key transformation. Another key aspect is this notion of transformation, but we will get more of the difference between the old law and the new law next week. Back to the text. For the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe, for which no one has ever served at the altar, For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. This becomes even more evident when another priest rises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest, not on the basis of legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek the writer of Hebrews, arguing what we're talking about is a guy from a different tribe. Our Lord, the tribe of Judah, the Lion of Judah, first in the family. Some of us in our past histories have said, I was the first person to go to school. I was the first person to go to college. I was the first person to earn a living. These types of things. This is the first in the family to be a priest. And not based on genealogy, but based on the fact that Jesus went face-to-face with death with Satan, and one. The text says an indestructible life, all hinging on the resurrection. The deeper magic, C.S. Lewis, that when an innocent human, a perfect human, a person who has attained perfection in a world that is not perfect, when that individual dies a sacrificial death, it turns back the hands of death. And then through this miracle and through this life all who experience, all who ask can experience this new life. It is the logic of replacing the Levitical priesthood, the Aaronic priesthood with Jesus. And for a first century church coming out of the reality of growing up in a Jewish faith tradition, incredibly important to move people's eyes away from a temple and an altar to the Christ. Life changing, life altering. But also the logic of a need for a priest to begin with, the imperfection of the world the imperfection of humans, the inability that we have to save ourselves. And and we can be tempted, right, to think that faith is so hard, so sophisticated, so complicated. It's not. It's really not. Faith is about me coming and saying, I am not perfect i lack perfection and i need someone who is faith is coming and saying we are not perfect and we need someone who is and for the folks who would reject faith i would be like okay what are you rejecting i mean what are you rejecting are you rejecting the um proposition right not proposition are you rejecting the proposition that the world is not perfect seriously I mean, we, we could have stories for the next three weeks out of even of our individual lives about how we have experienced very specific pain, very specific wrong, death that perhaps for some of us we've carried for most of our adult life. Anyone who says or would reject the notion that the world is not perfect, would be like, you've you got to be crazy. I don't get it. How could you say that? So, if we're not going to reject the notion that the world is not perfect, are we going to reject the need for a savior? Again, equally preposterous. So, we live in a world that's full of wrong and we don't want that to be made right? That would be hopeless. That would be devastating. Faith isn't hard. Faith is an uncomplicated expression of solving a real world reality. So, back to our friend Lonnie Malberg, 64 years old, does her graduate work, master's in weed science from Colorado. I just love that line master's in weed science. Some of you have got a master's in weed science. Her graduate work in the area of fire mitigation discovered an elegantly simple solution to remove fuel from the fire triangle. She has a, tra- she has a band of traveling goats. I kid you not. She owns 200 goats, she owns two uh, sheep dogs or goat dogs, okay? And they will go to places, okay, and they will reduce the vegetation that ultimately dries out and becomes fuel for fire, especially on steep hillsides where nothing else can get to it, right? Because in a fire, a wildfire scenario, okay, you have that goes right up the hill and just devastating, takes out everything in its wake. Enter the hungry goats, because the goats will eat everything in sight. And then the goats digest the brush, okay, okay, and she keeps the goats on a plot of land long enough so that their waste returns back to the soil, increasing its potential to hold water. And if you can hold more water, the land prospers. The goats eat the grass, the leaves, the tall brush, the type of vegetation that is part of the fuel ladder. And more than stop a fire, Ms. Malberg aims to prevent it from even starting. By increasing the soil organic matter by 1%, the soil can hold an additional 16,500 gallons of water per acre, says Ms. Malberg. What an elegant, unsophisticated solution. Explain it to me like I'm a kid gardener. Jesus. Few people would argue or object to the notion that he was truly something special. And the how that we know about Jesus is this book. And the why of Jesus was that he was to give his life For us to defeat the bad guy and offer a relationship, direct access to God, complete with forgiveness for all who ask. Please pray with me. Father, the most important decisions in life are often the simplest. Decision to embrace life, and by that, a, a complete comprehensive view of what that means. Father, I thank you for the reality that is Jesus Christ. And while I confess my own inadequacies to understand the pain that exists in the world and why it has to be so bad, I also acknowledge the reality of an unsophisticated solution, a life with your Son, direct access to you, being led by the Spirit. Father, may we pursue these things in your Son's name for all of our days.